Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, Book Two of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 6. Tyler's Problem Hey, sleepyhead, wake up. Katie batted the hand, shaking her awake. Katie. She opened her eyes at the intruder, intending to tell them to go jump in a river. She focused her eyes, trying to see clearly. What? Katie, I'm sorry it's late. This is the only time I can talk without someone listening in. She sat up in bed, still unfocused. She glared at the figure sitting on her bed, trying to adjust her eyesight. She reached over and turned on her lamp, the light making her blind for a couple of seconds. Refocusing, she stared at the intruder sitting on her bed. Tyler, what the heck are you doing here? Tyler stared at her for a long moment before swallowing hard. I need to talk to you. Can this wait till morning? No, he said in a louder voice than he intended. He quickly glanced towards her door. It has to be now, when Lizzie is asleep. Katie stared at Tyler for a couple of seconds, digesting the implication of his words. Fully awake, she sat up in bed. What's going on, Tyler? Do you mind waking up Jackson and Candy? I would like them to hear what I have to say also. Without hesitating, Katie reached out with her mind. Jackson and Candy, you need to wake up and listen. She waited a couple of seconds. Jackson? Candy? Wake up. Her thoughts getting louder, but still maintaining the privacy shield to where only they could hear. It's 3 a.m. Jackson's disgruntled thoughts shot back to her. I know, but Tyler has something he wants to talk about, and he says this is the only time he can talk. Candy, are you awake? Go away. This is important. She glanced back at Tyler. He nodded, affirming her thoughts. Candy, are you awake? I'm here. Katie felt Jackson and Candy's presence in her mind we're all here, Tyler. Tyler immediately got up and started pacing the room. Katie quietly watched him, patiently waiting for him to start. I kept waiting for you guys to ask the right questions, Tyler said in frustration. Every one of you just accepted what happened at Jackson's rescue as something that couldn't be helped. Today, you still didn't ask the right questions. What are you talking about? Katie said, confused. I'm talking about the fact that you became visible in front of the Seekers the night we saved Jackson. Didn't you think it was odd? One second the Seekers couldn't see you, and then you were immediately exposed? Katie knit her brows in confusion, trying to remember all the details of that night. Why don't you just tell us what you saw that night? Jackson's thoughts were alert and waiting. Everything was going according to plan. I had positioned myself by one of the malice. I could smell how evil he was. I had to fight my instinct to attack. 
I was in the perfect position to see Katie struggling to get Jackson out of there. I could see Katie was scared and desperate to get Jackson out. I did not see the urgency. We were hidden. We could have stayed there all day. We could have taken our time getting out of there. Tyler began pacing the room. I saw Katie and Candace fall before everything around me went black. I could not see anything or hear what was going on. It was like I was in some kind of tomb. At first, I started freaking out before I remembered some of our training. I reached out with my mind to Lizzie's. I could see everything going on from her perspective. He came and sat down on the bed facing Katie. I felt her emotions, Katie. She loved seeing you get beat up. She was laughing when that jerk kicked you in the face. He shook his head in disgust. She had every intention for the three of you to die that night. Katie stared at him, her shop matching Jackson's and Candy. But she's my friend. No, Katie. Tyler shook his head. He reached out, grasping her hand. She hates you. Everything about you makes her angry. She wants you dead. Katie's bedroom door opened and her overhead light switched on. She glanced distractedly towards the sound. Her mom was standing in the doorway with a shocked look on her face. Katie brushed the hair out of her eyes with her fingers. Hey, Mom, we're having an important conversation. Her mom stood for a couple of seconds, staring at Tyler with a disapproving look on her face. It's 3 a.m. I know, Mom, but this is really important. Can you leave us alone? Her mother's eyes swiveled between Katie and Tyler, her disapproval evident in her features. Finally, coming to a decision, if you need to talk, I prefer you do it in the living room. Tyler jumped up guiltily, excusing himself, walking swiftly past her mom. Katie grabbed the covers to get out of the bed. You are to get completely dressed before you leave this room. Her mother said in her no-nonsense voice, Katie usually followed without question. I will be checking on you every 15 minutes until that boy is out of my house. Okay, Mom. Every 15 minutes, Katie. The no-nonsense voice was stronger than ever. I hear you, Mom. She got up and started searching for some clothes. Distractedly, she glanced in the mirror and did a double-take. The t-shirt she had put on for comfort the night before was thin and completely see-through. She heard Jackson's involuntary gasp before she averted her eyes. Do you think you can give me some privacy? Her embarrassment evident through her thoughts. She felt Jackson leave. Getting quickly dressed, she walked into the living room. I'm dressed, her thoughts told Jackson. You dirty dog. Jackson's thoughts were directed at Tyler. Tyler gave her a sheepish, apologetic look. I didn't know how to tell you. Nice. Jackson shot back. I should remember that line. Can we please get back to the conversation? Her cheeks feeling hot. You know the important one about my best friend since kindergarten wants me dead? Tyler immediately sobered. I'm sorry. Katie sighed. It's okay. 
Tyler reached out, grabbing her hand, squeezing it tightly. We were at the lodge every night. There was seldom a night when one of us wasn't there. And yet, the one night when Jackson should have been the only one present, Seekers came for him. Katie stared into Tyler's face. Are you saying she somehow planned Jackson's attack? Tyler nodded. I started asking the Seekers questions. How did they know about us in the lodge? I was told. They knew about Jackson's duplicity a week before, but they waited until that night to take him. Jackson started swearing through his thoughts. Tyler got up and started pacing the small living room. I found this out two nights ago. I decided I was going to tell you everything I knew when I was hit by a car. Katie gaped. You were hit by a car? Tyler pointed at the still evident black eye on his face. I was crossing an empty street in front of me when I found myself flying through the air. The driver said I just stepped out in front of him like I was trying to commit suicide. I certainly didn't see him. I woke up in the hospital, several broken bones, including ribs, arm, and my leg. Katie stared at Tyler's bruises, unable to take her eyes off him. Who do we know that can make things disappear? Tyler's voice was sarcastic. You saw only an empty street? Katie asked softly, not needing an answer. From my perspective, the street was completely deserted. By morning, I could get up and walk out of the hospital. I tore the cast off my arm and leg just before I got to the lodge the next day. She tried to kill you? She is continuously watching me and listening into all my conversations. Tyler sighed. I am bonded to a psycho. Yesterday, when the sheriff and I saw you and Katie run out the front of the lodge, Jackson's thoughts were cautious. We ran out the back door, Katie said strongly. What were her reasons to get you in trouble with the sheriff? Candy inserted with her thoughts. She was mad at me for not wanting to go home with her and staying with Katie. Tyler gestured towards Katie. Like I said, a complete psycho. We need to break your bonding, Katie said. I've tried everything I can possibly think of. I don't know how to do it. Tyler sat back down. His body slumped, dejected. I don't know how to break it either. Jackson said soberly through his thoughts, I'm sorry, Tyler. I had no idea. I know you didn't. Tyler got up. His frustration's evident. I keep waiting for the next axe to fall or Mac truck to hit. Katie placed her hands over her mouth, registering just how much danger Tyler was in. She heard a sound and saw her mother staring at them from her bedroom door. We're still here, Mom. Are you sure? This conversation can't wait till morning. I'm positive. Katie watched her mother turn and slam the door. She turned back to Tyler, who looked embarrassed. Don't worry about her. If she was really mad, you'd be out the door. The problem is, if Lizzie thinks any of us know about her indiscretion, Katie smiled over Jackson's choice of words. All of us are in danger. What do we do? Candy asked softly. We're going to have to act the same until we can figure out a way to see through her projections, Jackson said carefully. Damn, 
to think I was the one who pushed her to embrace her gift. What's Tyler going to do until that time? I'm leaving. Katie looked up at the good-looking guy in front of her. I don't think so. We have to come up with something else. Tyler shook his head. My foster mom hit the roof when the sheriff called. She called social services. My social worker is coming over this morning to pick me up and take me somewhere else. Katie was at a loss for words, and apparently Jackson and Candy didn't have anything to say to Tyler's announcement either. You're actually going to go with the social worker? Jackson said in disbelief. No, I've already left my foster home. I just stopped by here to tell you guys what you're facing before I leave town. Where are you going? Katie asked quietly. Tyler shrugged. Out west, maybe. West? She shook her head softly, not knowing how to stop him, wondering if she should. It's probably the best thing Tyler can do until we can figure out how to break the bonding and see through the projections. Jackson's thoughts made sense, but did not comfort her. How will you get there? Tyler shrugged. Katie jumped up. Do you need money? I'm not taking your money, Katie. You need to take something. She knitted her brows in worry. Let me take you to the bus stop in Knoxville, Jackson said convincingly. That would at least get you out of the immediate area as quick as possible. Tyler nodded, seeing the logic. Give me a half an hour to get to you. Katie felt Jackson's presence leave her mind. An overwhelming sadness enveloped her at the thought of Tyler leaving. When we figure out what to do, you'll come back, won't you? Tyler sat down next to her on the couch and draped his arm across her shoulders. Yeah, I'll come back. Katie, it's time for that boy to go home. Katie glanced up at her mom in her bedroom doorway. His name is Tyler, Mom. Her mother sighed. It's time for Tyler to go home. Tyler jumped up and gave her mom a quick wave goodbye while walking out the door. Katie watched her mom turn and shut her bedroom door. She jumped up and, as quiet as possible, followed Tyler out. Tyler was walking swiftly away from her home. Running to catch up, he half turned towards her when she ran up alongside of him. I do not believe your mom would approve. I wanted to say goodbye. Tyler immediately wrapped his arms around her, holding her tightly against him. Goodbye, Katie. He brushed his lips lightly against her forehead and abruptly turned and walked away. Katie watched his back until it slowly disappeared, followed by his soft footfalls on the pavement. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. I hope you've enjoyed this week's session of My Castle, the second book in the Appalachian Storm series. Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.